Hi, my name is Bill Cleveland, and this is Change the Story, Change the World. This week's show follows on from our last episode, in which Susie Tanner, Bruce Springsteen, and a small band of intrepid unemployed steelworkers took the devastating story of the death of a steel mill called Lady Beth to stages all across America. In this episode, Susie joins up with a company of incarcerated and previously incarcerated artists to tell another, even more complicated story about their lives and loves in and out of the prison industrial complex. This is Change the Story, Change the World. My name is Bill Cleveland. Part three, re-entry. Now, bear with me here. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and think the slinky. You know, those 3D spirals overlapping, pulled by gravity and galumphing down and forward in time and space. This may seem like a stretch, but when you devote your life to art making, it can be very slinky-like. A fragment of a dream, a random butterfly of an idea begets a vision and gives rise to a funky, amorphous, imaginative prototype that bumps into a parallel notion that nudges a stored memory that burns bright for a moment, but almost always runs out of oxygen, eats itself, or just plain disappears. But every once In a while, slot machine-like, the whole thing lines up just right, rings that stupid bell, and catches fire. For true believers, those dead ends, loose ends, and frayed ends are a small price to pay for the privilege of being in the house when those flames rise up. It's all at once dangerous, awe-inspiring, and addictive. And... Despite its meandering nature, there's a certain logic to the up-down, on-off, hit-miss pattern of the journey. First of all, it's obvious right off that there are no shortcuts. Second, the destination is often a surprise. And thirdly, and most important, along the way, you are almost always going to be crossing paths with yourself, or at least the Slinky Link's former version of yourself embedded in the faded layers of one of those lost or forgotten inspirations. And when this happens, there's a good chance you will encounter bits and pieces that you overlooked or ignored that are somehow reanimated in the fresh light of their rediscovery. That is, if you persist, which of course is the name of the game. Artists are always stealing from themselves. Now, Susie Tanner is one of those inveterate and some would say obsessed creative explorers. She has made many rediscoveries in her long career as an actor, theater director, and activist. One that stands out is the reemergence of her work with incarcerated artists in 2015. A few decades prior, in the early days of her theater workers' adventure, she had had a short stint working with the UCLA ArtsReach prison program. At the time, I was teaching a art-in-prison program at California Institution for Women under Susan Hill at UCLA. And it was just too much. I had this little baby. My mom was taking care of him. It was just wasn't a good thing. And then all of the arts and corrections work evaporated. It all went away. Years later, I knew that arts and corrections had returned. And I was interested in going back into prisons to teach. And I was 
a member of Ensemble Studio Theater LA, and Mary Beth Barber, who was then the Arts and Corrections Program Manager, thought that we were interesting enough to invite us to the 2015 Arts and Corrections Conference that took place at the University of San Francisco. And I was really inspired. We went to San Quentin to see a performance. I am standing there watching Marin Shakespeare's group of men come down the aisle like amazing monsters. They were the witches from Macbeth. And I thought, oh my God, I have missed this work so much. Wayne Cook is standing next to me. And I said, I just really want to do this again. I said, but I don't know if I could get the men to do that. And he said, sure you could. And it touched my soul in some way. And I said, I am going to go back and I'm going to begin to do this work again. Susie mentions Wayne Cook. At the time, Wayne was working with the California Arts Council in their efforts to resurrect the state's arts and corrections program. He and Susan Hill, who was mentioned earlier, also happened to be members of the Change the Story family. Their stories can be heard in episode 51 and 30. I mention Wayne here because with his encouragement, Susie did return to prison work, but not in the way she expected, because she took a slight detour to a part of the carceral system that she was barely aware of. In 2016, she got wind of funding available for artists to work with prison reentry programs in the Los Angeles area and applied under the auspices of the Theater Workers Project. While her proposal was funded, she soon learned that getting funding was only half the battle. In 2016, when I first started working with reentry, there were very few in L.A. County. But I started working with Dad's Back Academy, and I had to convince the executive director. She couldn't figure out what on earth would theater have to do with the lives of formerly incarcerated men? Why would we do that? Well, luckily, the program manager of Dad's Back Academy said, I know exactly what you're talking about. My mother was a drama teacher. She volunteered in a prison for 20 years. She got it. Working with people who've been in prison can teach you a lot, particularly when it comes to motives and intention, and more often than not, your own. Susie's early experience working with Living Stage Theater in Washington, D.C., taught her that the only option in these circumstances was to be completely forthcoming. I had to explain not only to the executive director, but to the men who we encountered twice a month, why are we here, right? What could we offer you? Well, what we could offer is a safe, respectful, creative space where you can tell your story through the medium of poetry, movement, theater, without judgment. We never asked anybody what they did, how long they've been inside. You know, we don't ask any of that because we, we work with the person who is in front of us and we work with the human being. Um, so we, we did reentry work with Dad's Back Academy for six years. We also do a reentry program with the Francisco Homes, which is a residential community for paroled lifers. And we've been working with them since 2017, working with the men, creating performance pieces, collaborating with them, because 
like I was taught in Living Stage, every human being has the ability to create a work of art, right? So that's that's the underpinning of what we do. The term re-entry has multiple meanings. In this case, a transition from a period of incarceration, but it also refers to a return from outer space. Ironically, these divergent contexts have some things in common. Depending on how long one has been off the planet, both returned citizens and returned space travelers face the challenge of readjustment and, in some cases, even relearning how to function back on Earth. This was certainly the case with her students from both Dad's Back Academy and Francisco Holmes. The human beings with whom we're working have been treated like such non-people for so long that the initial response is they're just grateful to be able to be seen as a person, not as a number, but as a person with ideas, with feelings that are valid, to be sitting in a space where they're not going to be judged. Because in reentry, often we have guys at the Francisco Homes who have been out two or three days, some longer than that. They are adjusting to a huge, huge transition, particularly during COVID, right? Our, our programs were virtual and these folks had to deal with technology. A lot of these guys had been incarcerated for 30 some years. A lot of, a lot of the work is about identity, is about who am I now? Who do I want people to know I am? While the communities that Susie has worked with over the years has varied widely, her process has not. The story-based approach she created through her work creating plays with steelworkers and meatpackers remains pretty much intact. With, not for, probably describes it best. So in the reentry program, this meant that both students and teachers knew from personal experience what prison life was all about. So... So we have a typical format that we use. I always have a team of teaching artists who specialize in writing. And I, we try in the reentry programs to always have one teaching artist who themselves is formally incarcerated. So at this time, for instance, the Francisco Holmes, Marlene McCurtis is one of our teaching artists. Ken Hartman uh, works with us. He did 34 years. Right? He's a writer. And so we do about six weeks of writing workshops. We always meet in a circle. We always have a check-in to begin with. We have a check-in question. How do you feel at this moment? Or what do you imagine you're going to get out of this program? We also do some physical theater experimentation where I'm always amazed when I say, I need a volunteer to stand up, create a sculpture that shows how you feel about whatever the word is, and they get up and they do it, and they've never done anything like this before. It's kind of magical. We start putting it together, we transcribe their writing, it starts to take a shape, and we have a script. We have a playwright who works with us, Bonnie Banfield, who was one of the original LA Theater Works artists in prison people years and years ago. She takes the words of the participants and she composes a script with the, this particular grouping 
um, the uh, Francisco Homes. We're doing a physical theater program. We have a script. We have a table read. Right. We sit around a table. We present the script to them. We say, "Let's read it. If there's anything that you really object to or really don't want to say, we'll cut it. If there's something that you're passionate about adding, we'll add it." Usually, there's not much discussion because it's all their words, and often they say, "I wrote that." You know, it's like, "Wow!" They see their their words in print. The name of Susie's organization is, of course, Theater Workers. So, at some point, every class of nascent scriptwriters who are not actors face the daunting prospect of being on stage. It's not mandatory, but most take the plunge. And then we stage it. And they become the actors, and it's kind of, it's kind of a mystery how it all comes together, but it does. And then we have rehearsals, and we do the performances, and we always videotape the piece because we use it to e- explore the other ways that it can be performed, which is virtually. We always give people a choice. I always say. We encourage everybody who starts out in this process to stay and be one of the actors. However, if you only want to be in the writing process and you don't want to go on as an actor, we will respect that. Almost always, everybody stays. Like Susie says, sometimes it's a mystery how it all comes together. But truth be told, experience, talent. And intuition matter a lot in the high-wire exosphere of community-based theater, where creating artful coherence out of chaos is a way of life. Given their record of success, this has certainly been the case with theater workers' productions. I've been an actor, director, teaching artist, producer. My favorite thing to be is a producer, because I love to see the whole picture. I love to. To see the scope of what's possible, and to conceive something, and then work with a team of community artists to make something happen out of nothing, out of people's ideas, people's feelings, and we always end up with a theme that comes from the participants. So, for instance, this last project that we did with the Francisco Homes ended up being called Phoenix. Because we talked about change, one of our teaching artists, Marlene, had a jumping-off point, which was this Octavia Butler's、um, "Everything you change changes you, everything you touch changes you." And we did a lot of writing exercises that had to do with that. And this one of the gentlemen said, about halfway through his incarceration, he had all these tattoos, and he had these tattoos on his back that did not represent him anymore because he had changed. So he had a big phoenix tattooed over those, and we thought, "Wow, what a great image, right?" So a lot of this piece ended up being about how people had changed—a moment in their life where they had changed. How had they transformed? And you know, that's what the arts do, right? They they allow people to express. Who they are at the moment, and then travel back into who they've been, how they've transformed, how they've changed. In a theater worker's production, the moment of truth, of course, comes when the people who have lived the story share it with the live audience. 
More often than not, this is an audience that includes their family and, most importantly, their peers, people who have lived their own version of the story. Theater Workers Project has always been dedicated to the participants in the community with whom we work, be the storytellers, the actors, the writers. I call it a form of documentary theater. So when they perform for the audience, we have these real people performing for an audience that can be made up of their peers, of people who have never seen a person to their knowledge that was incarcerated, other actors, having the real people on stage performing their own work. It just breaks the isolation. I should say we all know, but people who are listening to this, maybe they don't know. So theater creates empathy. Theater allows an audience member to walk in the shoes of a character. Part four, inside out, outside in. Walking in another person's shoes is a good way to describe the next wrinkle that emerged in Susie's return to prison work. In 2019, theater workers received a grant from the California Arts Council to take their program into the California State Prison, Los Angeles County in Lancaster. Not long after they started, all of the state's prisons were quarantined in response to the COVID pandemic. As bad as the pandemic was in the surrounding communities, given the packed-in, close-quartered prison environment, COVID had a devastating physical and psychological impact on America's incarcerated citizens. As of June 2022, over 600,000 incarcerated people have been infected, with over 13% of these housed in California prisons. For theater workers, this immediately raised two major issues. First, because the quarantine was, in effect, an indefinite statewide lockdown, the unprecedented level of idleness and isolation it produced meant that the need for an active, engaging stimulus like theater had exponentially increased. Second, because Susie's team would not be allowed inside and prisoners are not allowed Internet access, they would need to transform their intensely interactive theater curriculum into something resembling a 1950s correspondence course. On top of this, the institution indicated that they wanted theater workers to work with the incarcerated men on the D-yard. D-yard is the yard where they have special needs guys. They said these men are, have about a fifth grade education and they're not very literate. And of course, it was all correspondence because we couldn't go inside. So we were expecting, you know, who knows what we were expecting. Well, what we got were some of the most amazing writers that we had ever worked with. Brilliant, brilliant, amazing work. And what we have done during the pandemic, we've taken the material created by the guys inside and we have used formerly incarcerated actors to bring the piece to life. So this particular D-Yard project was conceived as an audio project. It was conceived to be heard. And we have three formerly incarcerated men performing and one of our teaching artists. That, that demonstrates work that we did inside with men during the pandemic, but through correspondence, and then how we took that work and we uplifted those voices in a theatrical audio presentation. 
It's called Still Here. And here's an excerpt from Still Here. Theater Workers Project presents Poems and Writings by Residents of California State Prison, Los Angeles County's D-Yard, developed during 2021 Correspondence Workshops. Still Here. I am Raphael the Convict. Amadar's a smartass. Angelo the Great. Antonio the Addict. Tim struggles to Raphael, become Raphael the Bodybuilder. Amadar's a baller. Angelo the Survivor. Miles a strong man. Antonio the Joker. Tim wants to prove he's not the same. Raphael the Romantic. Amadar's a businessman. Angelo the Miles addict. a black man. Antonio the hard worker. Tim is a survivor. Raphael the Romantic. Angelo the Reliable. Miles a brother. Antonio the open-minded. Tim was abused as a child. Raphael the sad-faced clown. Angelo Carrera, title, dream come true. Sounds like something you've been waiting for. Taste like your favorite food. Smells like your favorite fruit. Feels like the best love you ever had to the touch. Antonio Madrid, title, death. Sounds like the bones from a grave. Tastes like the dirt which covers me. Smells like the rotting of flesh. Feels like the nothingness of death to the touch. Raymond Anglin, title, shutting down. With one click, followed by confirmation, my overloaded system proceeds shutting down. No recollect of previous 60 seconds, just deep breaths and darkness. I'm nothing, shutting down. Anthony James, title, what's done in the dark shall come to light. Who is that? Who's there? The sun's not up yet. The shadows aren't even quiet. No soft silhouettes creeping across the all-white walls of a house full of secrets. Black stain on the outside, viewed by everybody looking inside from the outside. Silence becomes the gatekeeper, guarding all the inner secrets. Damador Chandradas, a spark of light, a spark of hope, with a touch of love so the heart can cope. A spark of light, in time it'll grow, heart thumping with hope as my blood flows. Hope to manifest my dreams into reality, fill up my future with my harvest, bite into my fantasy. Hope, a breath of fresh air, living in your heart, so treat it with care. Jose Rivas, my incarceration is desolation, like lungs without air, like body without heart. My pain is bitter, dead while living, blind but experiencing everything, body without spirit like a ghost in a shell. Jason McCoy, title, victim of the state. Cry, though I strive, I'll kick him back in this cage. So painful I rage, watching my innocence fade. Grays fill my days, can't see clouds or feel rays. Thousands of people just like me on these yards wearing shades. Dreams see me bubble, no more struggles or troubles. Open my eyes, watch them crumble. Beating these walls with my knuckles. Can't laugh, so I chuckle. Emotions deeper than puddles. While my family looks out, sending 30 pound bundles. And while stressed for certain, I lie when I'm hurting. Taking shits behind sheets, I put up for curtains. This life is straight hell, and I scream as loud from my cell. Yet no one hears, because in my cell, I still dwell. No one will be left out. A group poem. Stay solid, never fold. I'm alive, love. Laughter heals everything. I'm all I have. The peace is always missing. Out with the old, in with the new, other's self. Lay your head on my chest. Listen, what does my heart say? I'm here, still here, still here.
hopes, and dreams. Daniel Gallegos, I dream a world where there are no walls to limit me, where I can succeed and be free. Told my past I need to change if I want out this cage. It's been over a decade plus since I've been inside. Looked in the mirror and seen growth in my eyes. I can't wait to take a deep breath of freedom from the other side. That's the world I dream of from inside. The world I dream of from inside, from inside, from inside. I'm still here. I'm still here. And um, some of them are still there. <laughs> it's interesting. When outsiders ponder prison, most people think that losing one's freedom must surely be the most painful part of doing time. But many of the incarcerated men and women that I've come to know over the years say feeling forgotten is even harder to take. During the pandemic, the elimination of visits dramatically increased the suffocating sense of isolation experienced by people in prison. This is why during this period, theater workers continued to emphasize public performance as part of their program. A project called The Circle is a case in point. The Circle started as a typical theater workers' script-writing and performance project at California State Prison, Los Angeles County. But when the pandemic found its way into the Level 4 institution at Lancaster, improvisation became a way of life. When the pandemic hit, our, our work inside was cut off, and we continued through correspondence with them. The Circle became a, a physical performance piece where formerly incarcerated men who we had worked with inside and we some from the Francisco homes, they performed it. And then the PIO at Lancaster allowed it to be screened on their closed circuit television. One of the participants, Donnell, whose words were spoken in this piece, saw it when he was inside. And he said, and one of my brothers was speaking my words, and I, I heard my words, and I saw him saying them. He says, and in that moment, I was free. You know, there was another young man. I always ask every, anyone we participate who participates with us to write some kind of reflection at the end. And this one young man said, thank you for seeing the humanity in us when sometimes we don't see it in ourselves. If anybody asks, what does the work mean to me? That's what the arts are about. That's what theater is about. And that's what I'm all about, creating those opportunities. Here is an excerpt from The Circle. The circle of energy, divine in its presence. Harmonious rhythm. Fortress of love and safety. A yearning of the soul. Clarity. Memories and thoughts. Given, taken, lost. The evolution of life has been moving in a circle. It starts as a seed, then grows. Step into my circle. An exclusive circle. The circle of life is like a Shakespearean tragedy. Plays coy with one's emotions. Tantalizes the soul. Give me a word and I'll depict it. Thoughts of mine twist and then curve, stomping through, always present. Step into my circle. A fortress of love and safety. My family and friends guarding me against the darkness. We protect one another from the monsters that lurk on the perimeter. 
and we protect one another from the monsters that lurk within. We lift each other through adversity, step into my circle. The energy feeds my soul. Connects with all life forms. And through that connection, we build a community for the next generation to come. Step into my circle. It's a true thing. Prison in America is another planet that very few of us, the free people who support it to the tune of $80 billion a year, will ever fathom. And that's just the material side of the much larger ripple price exacted on the millions of family and community members who've been swept up in the terrible carceral vortex. The invitation we just heard, step into my circle, is another true thing. This is because without it, these shameful, appalling places and the toll they exact will likely remain a mystery to the citizens whose obliviousness makes them possible. I know from personal experience that taking that step can change you forever. It's been a profound privilege to share the stories and work of Susie Tanner and her collaborators with you. Please know that both Still Here and The Circle, which were excerpted in this episode, can be found at the Theatre Workers website, which is listed in our show notes, along with many other notable people and places that were mentioned in the show. Change the Story, Change the World is a production of the Center for the Study of Art and Community. It's hosted by yours truly, Bill Cleveland. Our theme and soundscape rise up from the miracle head, hand, and heart of Judy Munson. Our text editing is by Andre Nebe, and our inspiration comes from the ever-present but totally mysterious presence of Uk-235. If you have any questions or comments or recommendations for guests, drop us a line at csac at artandcommunity.com. And if you're a fan of the show, please share it with your friends and enemies. And if you would like to include the show on your website, drop us a line and we'll forward everything you need to join the Change the Story Network. Thank you all for listening and please stay well, do good, and spread the good word.